0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper podcast. Your host, Gregorio Loni, will have a small discussion with expert thought leader and friends on customer experience, transformation, innovation, and leadership. I hope you will enjoy the next episode. Ladies and gentlemen, today it's really a big, big pleasure. I am here with Kasten Relay. Hi, Kasten. How are you? Hi, hey, how are you? Very well. Thank you very much. And thank you for taking time to discuss on the Six Goalkeeper podcast about objectives and key results. But you are the expert in this topic. And therefore, I think let's start with a short introduction. And afterwards, we go to the main topic. Karsten, could you please introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm from Germany originally. My name is Karsten Ley from South Germany. So I could also make the podcast... uh, here in German, if we if we do, but we do it in English, of course. Um, I'm living since 10 years in uh, Vietnam and Singapore and uh, was working for different companies in uh, project management and customer experience. And since three years, we run our own business transformation consulting companies, Asia PMO and OK Asia. Previously, I was also in working in Mexico for Volkswagen and in Germany a long time for Deloitte Consulting, yeah.
0: Thank you very much. And now we would like to learn a bit more really about you, Karsten, and therefore the usual questions. question, which values drive you in life?
1: Yeah, I mean, keep it short, keep it simple, and keep it as direct as possible, yeah. And I think that's also how clients engage us for consulting. We are not, that's why we don't do really coaching, because coaching is a little bit where you have to be more sensitive, I suppose. We are. That's why we are more on the consulting side.
0: Very nice. And also, these questions were really short, but uh, extremely clear. And uh, therefore, let's deep dive in our main topic. That's OKR. And perhaps, could you start with the definition? What's, what are OKRs?
1: Yeah, OKR stands for Objective and Key Results. And actually, we call it OKRA, A, Objective Key Results and Action. I don't know maybe some of you also know that okra is a vegetable so we call it the vegetable uh, methodology that's more from us so there are three parts you set an objective is where you want to go you set a key result how to measure it, and you do a lot of actions how to achieve that right so and the other the difference to kpis is is the objective because a key result the measurable part is actually the same like a kpi yeah the big difference is that above this KR or KPI, you set an inspirational objective and you let people know in which direction you go and why they should do something. Yeah, So you're not telling just somebody get 100,000 in sales. You also tell them why they should get 100,000 in sales and for what you are using that if they achieve it. So it's a little bit a more inspirational method. And the setup is also that you probably come up with the objectives, but you would ask your managers and later your team. So it's more team-based methodology to come up with key results and actions, right? And it's not so top-down, so things can be discussed. That's why we do it also in a workshop character. It's not a one-to-one setup like often they do in KPIs. So it's a little bit more inclusive, agile methodology, a team-based methodology, where you also have to stay the purpose of the numbers you want to achieve and then you ideally and that's the a part the action part give people the freedom without micromanaging or giving the teams the freedom without micromanaging to achieve the key results and objectives and what you do in the methodology is you, we, you measure on a weekly or bi-weekly basis and of course, if people perform well, you will not micromanage. If they don't perform well, you will ask them in so-called stand-ups what works, what doesn't work, right? That's a little bit uh, what OKRs is about.
0: Yeah? Thank you very much. I think you you gave a great introduction and we have now quite a lot of topics to discuss or to understand better. And, and therefore, I, I really like and enjoy this discussion. Uh, I know from our side of, uh, of the world, Europe, that uh, we are still quite a lot steered by KPIs. And now you're speaking about objectives and key results. Is there a way to move away from KPIs going in direction of OKRs? And I know this would be a complete training. We have a le- few minutes, but perhaps you can explain us the advantages and how to move there. I mean, it, it,
1: for us, honestly, because we have clients in Europe and also in the US, but mainly in Asia. It's not so uh, location bound it's more industry bound right I mean the more traditional the industry, the more they use KPIs the more like new or agile or startup way the industry has, the more they use okrs right so mm, I, we see also a lot of uh, companies in in Europe now using okrs but why why were why there still a lot of KPIs around? first there is not really a push to say you need to do okrs i mean it's an agile uh, methodology and not every company is agile yeah and if you if you know about waterfall project management i mean even sometimes in customer experience i was running pmos for customer experience uh, in in banks often the projects are very waterfall right i mean you you, you implement something and then you get a result and there's a plan for it. So why do you need OKRs for that? No need, right? So they, I, would, I would be very careful. Of course, I like OKRs a lot. But we also have clients who come to us who are very top-down structured, who are very um, bland structured, and who can forecast 6 to 12 months, right? So I always ask them, why do you need OKRs? I mean, they come to us, they're like, oh, it's OKRs, we want to try it. And we make a pilot with them. But the pilot we make with them is very result open. I I tell them, OK, let's try OKRs. But we have now one big electronic client, uh, Japanese client. Um, They ask me why in the weekly team meetings based on OKRs, their teams are not interacting. right, which is maybe one thing you should achieve because OKR is for alignment, right? I mean, one of the main thing why you want to discuss key result and objectives and the achievement in teams is because you want to align. Now, after four to six weeks working with them, I realized they all work very siloed. Every team member works almost alone. So I'm questioning them now after six to eight weeks, does really OKR work for you or shall we just stay in what you had before? with KPIs. Because why would you force people to align and to discuss if they have nothing to align and discuss, right? Uh, Or if the culture is not ready there yet. And then you also have to ask, and you know change management very well, do you really want to force people into change management when things are going well, just to say, oh, we run OKR, or you say, no, it's running well, everybody likes KPIs, and, and so on, right? Why, why would you force it on people? Why would you tell people, oh, you have to now discuss more? And I ask the client, where do really the alignments happen? And they say, oh, the alignments happen in one-to-one meetings. And I said, how can I force now somebody not doing one-to-one meetings anymore and to bring up everything in the group meeting if they don't want it, right? Um, So I think we have to really understand what what works for companies, OKRs or KPIs. The other thing is what is a little bit a misunderstanding about OKRs and KPIs, they are not mutually exclusive. We can run them together. So in a company, for example, in more agile or changing environments like, like uh, software development or like product development or even customer experience. Let's say we do agile. We do a lot of iterations. We try. We, we have uh, two, three months. We try, and then we check the results, and OKRs works for that. And then you have maybe a factory floor. I would not bring OKRs to the factory floor. Yeah, because OKRs also need a certain kind of commitment and a certain kind of engagement of the people. When I was in my last job before consulting, I was vice president, customer experience and customer service at Lazada. It's a Alibaba bought e-commerce, which was started by Rocket Internet, which some of you probably know in the, the Dach region. Yeah. Um and I was at the same time in charge for customer experience and customer service. And if you know both areas, you know that they are very, very different. Customer experience is more like an agile, high-qualified, project-driven environment. And customer service is like a hotline factory, even with, so we had 70%, 80% outsourced with very hard KPIs, right? I mean, KPIs on calling, on, on, on satisfaction, and so on, right? And when you look at these two jobs and the people who work there in customer service, this was a job for people who wanted to work but not really be engaged. They come eight hours and then go home. A lot of them have families, and that's okay. You have a lot of people who work like that, and you have to accept that. But I'm not sitting with my CS agents together every week and make a daily stand-up or weekly stand-up and ask them for improvements. Because they also say, hey, I get so little paid here. It's not my job to think about improvements like a manager, right? I mean, you can do it voluntarily, but not force it. Now, in the CX team, of course, this was very OKR driven, where I wanted ideas from my researchers and from my managers and say, hey, we have done this three months, that. What should we do the next three months? So even inside a company, you can decide which ones are more OKRs, which is more KPI. It's it's. Similar along where do you use agile management and where do you use project management? It's a, our traditional waterfall project management. It's a very similar thought of which part is purely operational yeah, and which part is really innovative. And OKRs is a little bit more for the innovative part.
0: Uh, it's it's make it even more interesting because you are saying it's for more the inno, innovative inno, um, uh, initiatives and it's uh, inspirational. Perhaps could you make an example, a tangible example that people can uh, can really understand how to to set up an o- 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 OKR? How would you start? How would you do, how would you define that? Yeah, I mean, the smart way
1: how to set up OKRs is, I mean, you always have to start somewhere with a strategy like north star, Mission Vision Strategy, right? And it's also a part we do a lot because a lot of, uh, especially startups, come to us and say we want OKRs and they even don't have a strategy. Yeah, So they don't know what they are doing the next two, three years. But how can you have one year or three months goals if you don't have a little bit of vision and a longer thing? So we, we do the strategy with them first. Right. And then, for example, one of our clients, Happy Fresh in Indonesia, it's an e-grocery. I don't know. There are are some also big e-groceries in Europe. Right. Uh, um, And they made it in a very smart way. Instead of what a lot of companies doing wrongly, they set the objectives up by sales objective, marketing objective, operation objective, which kills the cross functionality and the alignment and working together in OKRs, this client set it up by value streams, right? One value stream was, of course, customer experience. Another value stream was they wanted to, to have a physical, happy, fresh supermarkets, like Amazon goes to brick and mortar. They also went to go to brick and mortar, right? And then when, had, when they had as an overall objective, like a value stream or yearly objective, in the value streams, we broke it down to quarterly, yeah? So, for example, Happy Fresh Supermarkets, I mean, first you have to do some contracting and basic research and whatever. I mean, one quarter or maybe two quarters preparation steps. And then when you have these objectives in the uh, preparation steps, you break down the key results to different teams. That means all the different teams work against this one objective. And in the OKR tool, what they use, you can see... Who has to achieve what by when that the whole thing works together? So that, that was a very smart approach, right? So what we also uh, fully recommend not to set up OKR departmental structure because agile doesn't go in it by, you know, when you do a squad or a Spotify model or what you probably know, you are not working in strict departmental structure anymore. It's possible. I see a lot of OKRs which are set up like that, but it kills the idea. So if you do if you map out the value streams, so customer experience is another one, right? So who works for customer experience? Sales, marketing, customer experience team, the front-end drivers. And then you can say, I take even the KPIs and call them KRs, because as a consultant, I don't care. For me, KRs and KPIs, maybe other consultants will tell you the same, but for me, KRs and KPIs are so similar i mix them below the objectives as long as it is what clear what you measure and as long as clear against which objective it goes right and that's it
0: yeah. it's super interesting because in this case you are trying to eliminate the silos mentality and all the issues that you have customer contacting the marketing department, getting a different handling than contacting the customer service and all these different um, issues. It's really, really interesting. And you mentioned something that, uh, that it's also relevant. You said OKR with actions. Could you please elaborate also on a bit on this hey?
1: Yeah, I mean, for us, OKR and KPIs are first planning tools, right? Yeah. But planning, as we all know, doesn't lead you to anything, right? And and I know that a little bit for from, from where I come from, from Germany. Um, Germany is very good on planning, but sometimes not so good in execution. In Asia, people maybe don't plan so thoroughly, right? Uh, but they execute unbelievably fast. And then they, they just improve, right? It's a completely different mindset here where we live, right? So for us, the OKRs is a planning at the beginning of the quarter, but then you should, you should set them up very quickly. So we are also not a big fan to come up with what a lot of clients ask them, how can I get the perfect OKRs? I say, it doesn't matter if you have the perfect objectives and key results, it's matter how you work against them. So what matters are your actions, activity, projects below, and then that we measure the result of these activities or projects right? And that's also a mentality thing because a lot of companies have action task management. I mean, you know, tools like monday.com or Asana and stuff like that. And people, and I was working for a bank in Germany, you know, I mean, you have like 20 tasks on your desk and Friday 4 p.m. you go home because you finished your tasks. But you don't have in your mindset if you achieve the result because it's not your responsibility as an employee. Your responsibility is to tick off these 20 tasks. And that's wrong. In an OKR methodology, in a more uh, mature environment, we want everybody down to the employee responsible for result achievements. That's why we have a connection between the overall objective, the key result, how we measure it, and the action. So if you tell me, I'm in charge of marketing, and I did my 50 Facebook posts this, this week, I will not tell you, wow, please go home because you have done your 50 Facebook code. I ask you, what is the result we wanted out of it? How many engagement, how many likes, how many qualified leads? And if you tell me Friday 1 p.m. you are way behind on, on this key results, then maybe you don't go home Friday, 1 p.m., or you should not, as a good employee. You should say, okay, I did my task, but I didn't achieve my result. And this is what we want to change. And now you also understand that with a certain kind of, of like very repetitive task, it's not possible. That's why we have KPIs, because people are task-oriented. But in a more qualified environment, or in an in an agile environment, you want people be responsible for results on all level. Yeah?
0: You you did a great example that perhaps help us also to to understand that. You mentioned this twenty Facebook post, and uh, and based on Friday you check that the tasks are done, but the results are not are not achieved. How is it possible to steer, measure, and ensure that then the the, the results get gets gets really achieved? I mean, what what
1: we do in a in a three months normally OKI three months, but we can do up to six months for uh, not so agile and a little bit slower result companies, right, or more traditional companies. Um, you have to agree at the beginning of the quarter what is the metric or even like a KPI you measure against, right? So if somebody asks tells me I can do one hundred or fifty Facebook posts a week, then I would ask. What can we achieve with that? And then you give me an estimation. And a lot of staff feels, where also managers feels very uncomfortable with that because it's very easy to say what you can get off your desk, but it's sometimes very difficult to say what you can achieve with that. That's why OKR should also not be at the beginning when you introduce it, a bonus or performance because that, that hinders the OKR thinking. So you want people to be bold and say, make a guess, what you can achieve monthly or in the three months with your work, right? Make a guess. Yeah. And if you don't achieve it and you have a good explanation for that, it will not affect your, your performance. So be bold on that, right? Um, and that's what we what we wanna do, right? But what is very important is that what you what you agree at the beginning of the quarter should stay. So you cannot come after one month and say, "Oh, suddenly I want more." So for for me, OKR is not only what a lot of people understand. That some crazy startup founders like Elon Musk say every year, my company is goes to the moon, goes to the Mars, even they haven't gone to the moon yet, and. I'm not sure if that's still very, very motivating, right? I mean, if you tell every year we go to the Mars and every year you don't go to the Mars, I mean, that's, a, that's what we call a very, very stretch target, right? It gets a little bit tiring. Yeah. Or in companies, you know, they always say we want to be number one and you are in the top 20. Why would you say number one? It's give give me something I can achieve, right? Or I can come close and then I go to the next step. Don't make it always so top spot. So what we want is that this is an agreement where we say, OK, you as team or ideally as a team or uh, as manager, you said you can achieve that. Now we look week by week. You do your work and we measure week by week if you get closer to that. And then it's a little bit a linear game. I mean, you can imagine if you have a three months OKR after one month, you should be in around 30, 33 percent. If it's linear, sometimes you work a lot and then it pops out, but in a linear game, if we do this weekly OKR reviews with our client, and after one month, I have a lot which stands still in 0%, then you would ask what's happening
0: there, right? Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, what what you're saying it 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 helps to to create value co- continuously and to track that over over um, over time. And basically, you mentioned several times on one side startups that you are helping, but also let's say bigger companies or established companies that are using them. And you uh, mentioned one word that uh, I think stand out. It's it's also mentality, and in in which type of culture? Is, is it possible really to leverage and exploit the power of OKR? Yeah, I mean, you, you need a
1: culture where you want, where you first want feedback from your people, right? I mean, even if as a management or as a top leader, you sit there and you tell me your objectives for this year and then I break them down with your team. I still want that the team can challenge you and say, hey, this objective doesn't make much sense. You know, in a lot of KPI or in banking environments, you even don't know the top leader. You just get it trickled down and you cannot say. So we want a little bit also a feedback culture, right? And the other thing is also um, that it's like that's like a deal between the teams and the leaders, right? I mean, if they agree on certain numbers, on certain achievement, the team does the best to achieve that. But the leaders don't come after one or two months and make the number higher, which I see in a lot of startups, right? I mean, they go, they don't. So it should be a mutual deal, right? The other thing also very important on team level is if, for example, after one month, we don't see any achievements, we would challenge the team to change their actions or to change their activities. Yeah, so you need a, a very high flexibility. I mean, in this in this electronic client where I have at the moment, I ask for a change and they said, yeah, they need now two, three weeks to discuss if we make the change or not. And I'm like, Oof. you know, that's even big companies can be a little bit more startup-like that you say, okay, we, we, we realized we went in the wrong direction. Let's stop it. Let's do something completely else. Yeah. And yeah. And a lot of companies cannot
0: do that yet. Yeah. Thank you, but I think this is in the direction we should go and have a higher target and, and, and clearer vision of, of what we want and how, how to achieve that. Now that we, we are coming to an end of this main topic, OKR and actions, perhaps how is it possible to, to leverage OKRs also in customer experience? And here I'm really thinking about we discuss really a lot about customer experience but the results also in this um surveys customer satisfaction and so on are not representing really everything that what we are discussing because it's a lot of discussion and less really doing what's your view on that
1: yeah i mean it's it's very funny because we we already did customer experience consulting and project and agile management consulting when we started with OKRs. And then we, we realized, I mean, project agile management is helpful for the actions because we need to achieve it. Like strategy consulting is very important to know where, you, where the OKRs come from. And then we realized that normally we say in OKRs, you have up to five objectives, right? Maximum five objectives because you want to focus in a quarter. Yeah, on each level, maximum five. Now, if you look at company level, there's always a profit objective. There's often a productivity objective, right? That you want to make something faster or process better or whatever, right? And then then we, we see customer experience and employee experience objectives. Why? Because the question is always, What are you doing the next three months? Or what are you achieving the next three months? So if you are a customer experience focused company like Happy Fresh in Indonesia, of course they have to do something the next three months, which gives achievements to the customer. So one objective is around customer experience. And then of course now even more pushed in times of COVID and all the crisis that people are leaving, you have as a fourth or fifth objective, an employee experience objective, right? where you say, what do I do actively for my people the next three months, right? And this is where we have normally CX and EX objectives inside. And then we also do key results below. So CX, as we already say, maybe you have a customer experience department who takes some of the key results, but will also delegate them. Right? To sales, to marketing, to development. I mean, it's the whole uh, end-to-end customer experience. And in employee experience, I'm very worried that not HR takes all the key results. That also other teams take key results, right? And are responsible to lift the employee experience. Right, So that's, that's where it comes together. And what is very funny when we come up with this question sometimes, when we go to the OKRs and say, where is your customer experience one? Where is your employee experience one? Sometimes you get a very honest answer, especially from startup founders. We are not doing anything for customer or employees the next three months, which is not bad but it's just very honest. So the team knows that the next three months are mainly internal or sales focused, especially in a crisis situation, right? I mean, maybe you really almost go bankrupt, right? Then you say, okay, we really, the only thing is sales and productivity and that's it. But naturally in a long run, there should always be a customer experience objective, especially when a company tells you in their culture and blah, blah, blah mission, we are customer-centric. And you know that. They tell you they are customer-centric and then
0: you see nothing in the OKRs. And you're like,
1: "Hmm." yeah.
0: Thank you. You brought a lot of clarity around OKR. And now we are coming to the last question that I have on this main topic. Um, Let's close our eyes and think, we are in ten years from now, what we are discussing about in customer experience
1: yeah, ten years is difficult for me because in Asia we are a little bit uh, faster on that, right um, What we see in customer experience maybe the the next two, three years is a lot of technology intake which we already see um. still not sure if the customer wants all that right i mean maybe you're right it takes up to 10 years so technology will take over uh, ai uh, chatbots automated answering a lot of self-service which i mean i'm 47 if you give me technology with self-service i still think it's a bad service not i'm happy about the self-service but young people are probably more happy about that so i think the next Ten years, there will be a very high uh, technology push. And the main problem is not the technology. The problem is that people will adapt to that. And you, you have to be very sensitive to go in the right pace. Maybe technology is maybe faster. That people will keep up with the technology.
0: Thank you very much. And now we are coming to the last three minutes of our game, of these episodes. And uh, there are three questions for you. The first one, is there a book that you would like to suggest to the audience that helped you during your career or during your life? Yeah, what what helped
1: me a lot lately, because I was also doing the CXPA exam, it was very practical with uh, with a lot of examples, was the book Inside Out. Yeah, it's a customer experience book. Very, very helpful.
0: Thank you very much. And if somebody would like to contact you, and I'm quite sure people will contact you because it's really interesting what you are explaining.
1: Yeah, it's uh, LinkedIn Karsten Leigh or Karsten at
0: Thank you very much. I will put all this information in the contact details uh, in the show notes. And the last question is the Karsten Golden Nugget. It's something that we discussed or something new that you would like to leave to the audience.
1: Yeah, I think the same what I said in OKRs and in in the technology for customer experience. Don't do things your people cannot take. I mean, go slow on the change management. Just because there are vast topics like OKRs or uh, AI topics for customers, always measure the speed of the change management people can really um, digest.
0: Yeah. Thank you very much, Carsten. It was really a great pleasure to have you on the Six Goalkeeper podcast. I say thank you to you. Please stay with me and to the audience. Thank you very much. It was, again, a great pleasure. And if you have any feedback, feel free to contact me or contact Karsten directly. Happy to share, happy to discuss, and happy to deep dive in some topics. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth. Subscribe it. Share it. Until the next episode, please don't forget. We are not in a B2B or B2C business. We are in a human-to-human environment. Thank you.